Welcome to Sexy Theology. My name is Austin Molt. I'm your host, and that is really weird to say. For those of you who don't know, this has been a long time coming. I used to have a podcast called Sexy Theology. Long story short, it just, at a certain point, it got to be too difficult to keep this show going. It was C19 had just happened, or yeah, had just happened. We had just sold our house. We just moved into an apartment, two-bedroom apartment. We have a cat, a dog, at the time a one-year-old daughter, and then my wife and I, all five of us living creatures in a two-bedroom apartment. So I kind of had to like take everything and put it in the closet. And then my buddy was like, hey, why don't you record at my studio? He has a sweet place, sweet studio. But I would have to drive like 20, 25 minutes to set everything up. And then I would record and then tear everything down. And the world was shutting down at the time. And all of that being said, it was just too much. It was too difficult to maintain it. But we're here and we're in this amazing space. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you're, you can't see what I'm talking about. But you can go on YouTube and check it out. Um, and how I got into this is a whole nother story. But I'm so grateful. I'm so excited. We have amazing interviews coming up and awesome stuff. I can't wait. Debate. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to want to make sure you subscribe and stick around. So that's the first thing you can do. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, leave a review. That would mean the world to me. Share this podcast with people on whatever platform you want, but that helps. Um, The second thing is this, before I dive into a video, the second thing is all of this content is free and it's going to stay free. Um, but putting this, t- putting this podcast on and maintaining it and, and growing it and all those things costs money for all the gear and equipment and things like that. It costs time, effort, all those things. And so I'm wanting this podcast to reach a wider and wider and bigger audience. And, um, because of how excited I am for the potential of this podcast moving forward. And so we're, we're trying to raise money to actually get some equipment and different things that we need in order for this podcast to flourish and to go forward. If you want to partner with me on that mission and help support the podcast, either monthly or a one-time donation, check out the link, uh, the links down below in the description of this video or of this podcast show. Okay. With that being said, I'm not typically a person who calls out people on social media. I'm, I'm, you know, some, some people are just haters and they just call it everybody who doesn't agree with them. I'm definitely not that guy. Um, I do, I do sometimes critique ideas, uh, but not as much people, but this is a pastor. His name's John. Um, I've met him one time and he was a nice dude, but there's a video, this video that I'm about to show you, my buddy sent it to me and I just want to play it for you. So here, let's, let's listen to this together real quick. But God will not be conformed and constrained to your limited, finite ability and capacity. You minimize him the moment you try to put your hands on him. That's why the idea of theology or the study of God is so asinine and sophomoric to me. The pride to think that God would sit in your Petri dish to be observed by you and to be dissected by you is foolish. That's why God takes guys like me with a premium high school diploma and a little bit of college and then gives me revelation knowledge which means your PhD don't mean nothing if you ain't got the A, the O-I-L. Okay, number one. Number one is this. Um, 
It is true that God uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. It is true that God does not look at the exterior, but the interior. It is, and this is also true. College degrees are meaning less and less and less and less as time goes on. It's just true because so many universities are just straight up woke, progressive garbage, number one, and they're, off, and they're giving out the dumbest degrees possible. Number two, um, I have just talked to people who have a lot of education about theology, and they are – there was one guy years ago I was talking to him about something, and he was like, I don't even know what that is. And this guy is a master's, and so I just think sometimes it's like who cares if you have a degree? There, there have been so many wildly successful people, smart people, whatever, who don't have degrees – I'm not saying all education is not good. Obviously, for some lines of lines of work and some things that you study, it's totally worth it. But it's just not worth it a lot of the time is all I'm trying to say. So it's true that you don't need a PhD to be a pastor. Obviously, I'm a pastor and I don't have a PhD. Um, obviously, you don't need to be an expert. But I just got to tell you, here's where this is like so weird and like what to me. If I were to give the best, most gracious interpretation of what John is saying here, I would say that he's trying to communicate that um, people can get so pe- people can get so um, dependent upon education and get and want to confine God and confine faith to what makes sense in their rational mind, and there's no mystery, and there's there's no you know. There's no presence of God in it, and it's like, and, and, and so if if that's what he's meaning, then I could go, okay, sure. But he does say in there, like point blank period. That's why theology is asinine. What are we talking about? Theology is just the study of God. It's an art and a science. Okay, number one, God does not reward laziness. It's not like the anointing. That's what he means by oil. When God has favored, graced somebody to do something, oftentimes oftentimes, um, in a vocation or some sort of thing for his purpose. Um, It's not as if the anointing is a replacement of lazy study. I want to rightly divide the word of God. Do you think any of the apostles would have agreed with that statement? Of course not. Of course not. Okay, so theology, it'd be like saying this. I don't believe in philosophy. I don't subscribe to any philosophy. That's a philosophy, right? I think that God doesn't want us to confine him and theology is asinine. That is a theological take you just made. Whenever you think, act, or speak about God in any way, that's coming from a theological paradigm. We do theology, we practice theology every time we pray, we worship, we share the faith, um, because theology, most of us has, everybody has a functional theology. This is our default assumptions of who God is, what he's like, and how he relates to us. And we can either we can either have a good theological framework or a bad theological framework. We can be aware of our default assumptions of God, 
or we can be unaware of our default assumptions towards God. And the goal in studying Scripture is to move our those assumptions about who God is, what he's like, and how he relates to us closer to the reality of who he is, right? So I'll just say it like this. I love my wife more today than I did six and a half years ago when I married her. Now, on the day that I married her, I probably had a little bit more visible passion. I was excited. There was anticipation. I couldn't believe today was the day. Um, I also... I also was emotional. It was real. It was raw. It was all those things, right? But I love her more today than I even did on the day of my wedding. Now, why is that? It's because I've learned to love her more. I've learned more about her, so I'm able to love her better. I know what kind of gifts she likes. I know what kind of gifts she doesn't like. I know what I know what kind of sets her off a little bit, and I know what she when she you know how to how to cherish her, how to make her feel honored, heard. I, I know her preferences. I know the things that, that tick her off. I know all of those things. And I didn't know those things as well when I first married her. So I had a lot of passion and zeal then. But I actually didn't know how to love and serve her the best way according to her. The more you learn about God, the more you can love God the way that, the way that God desires to be loved, the way that God desires to be worshipped, the, the way that God desires to be honored. I learn more about my wife so I can love my wife. Now, it's not good if I just learn about my wife and I don't put any action to it. I call that fruit over flowers. Or sorry, flowers over fruit. Flowers smell good, but fruit is actually what you want. It's the change, right? When the Bible speaks of fruit, it talks, it, uh, the Bible speaks of fruit in Scripture, it's talking about a result, a change in something. Oh, there's fruit in their life. There's a result from the seed that's been planted. So we don't, we don't want to just learn about God and just for the sake of learning about God. We want to learn about God so we can love God more so that there can be fruit in our lives. Um, but at the same time, at the same time, I can't love my wife any better if I don't learn anything about her or what she likes or what, or, or what she wants or what she needs or any of those things. They go both hand in hand. If you were to tell me I'm an amazing chef and I say, do you know any recipes? Do you know how to cook anything? No, I don't know how to, I don't know any recipes, but I'm an amazing chef. Well, go stand in front of amazing chefs and see how good of a cook you are. You need to know the recipe. At the same time, you could be an encyclopedia and like know all the recipes. But if you've never actually gotten in the kitchen and cooked, then you're never going to taste anything good. It's not either or, it's both and. Everybody does theology. So the point of sexy theology is, listen, there are people who are smarter than me, who have more degrees than me, all that stuff. But I love theology, and I love thinking through cultural things, political things, whatever it might be, and thinking about it from a theological perspective. And um, I w and the point of this show is to do to do it in a an engaging way. Like when somebody says, "plum," uh, you know, being a plumber is not a sexy job. What they mean is. That sort of job typically for most people is not an enticing job, an engaging, an engaging job, something that, that is desirable. And theology is actually very exciting, but sometimes it can be packaged in a way that's very um, academic or very monotone. And this show is meant to be tackling big questions, cultural commentary, whatever it might be, from a theological perspective theological perspective in an engaging, fun, and enticing way. 
And I cannot wait to share with you all of the stuff coming up. I would tell you, but I kind of want to just tease you a little bit. So here's what you can do. Whatever podcast platform you listen on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and go on YouTube, subscribe. You can find my show under at Austin Molt, at Austin Molt, and uh, subscribe to that channel and um, follow along on, on YouTube as well. Stick around for more stuff coming up. We're going to do theology. It's going to be sexy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, don't forget, if you want to become a monthly supporter, you want to donate to help with the mission, you got, you got to check out those links down below as well. Be on the lookout for the next episode because it's a banger. I love you. And Sexy Theology is back. Mm-hmm.